Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is that the largest cell in humans is actually the female egg but the smallest cell in humans is the male sperm. I'm not really sure how you can use that for biohacking, but it is a cool fact. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's interview is with Jason and Mira Calton. Mira is a licensed certified nutritionist, a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine, and a diplomat of the College of Clinical Nutrition, a board-certified micronutrient specialist, a certified personal fitness chef, and she's board-certified in integrative health. Uh, she also can walk and chew gum at the same time, according <laughs> to a few sources. Her interest in the world of nutrition came from personal experience, much like mine. And prior to beginning her life in the nutritional spotlight, she actually ran a public relations firm in Manhattan that specialized in high-end fashion and film and restaurant promotion. And she traveled throughout Canada and the US to visit large corporate clients, a lot like what I do in my day job. But her bustling career came to an abrupt halt when she got diagnosed with severe osteoporosis at about age 30. She couldn't run her thriving PR firm that she'd worked so hard to build, so she went on a mission kind of outside the traditional medical community to find an answer to her own diagnosis. That led her all the way to Orlando, Florida, where she met nutritional guru Jason Calton. The two worked together to create a drug-free, micronutrient-based program, which not only completely reversed Mira's advanced osteoporosis, but inspired them both to make the study of micronutrient deficiency the focus of their lives. Jason himself is no slouch. He's a PhD, and he's got so many letters after his name, I'm skipping half of them, but he's R-O-H-P, B-C-I-H, C-I-S-S-N, C-M-S, and D-C-C-N. 
He's also a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine and shares a lot of the same types of certifications that Mira has. In short, these are two nutritional badasses. Jason's worked with thousands of international clients over the last 20 years and specializes in teaching his unique nutritional and lifestyle therapies to adults and children with obesity, diabetes, high triglycerides, high cholesterol, blood pressure, and problems with their immune systems. He majored in molecular and microbiology as a pre-med student at the Burnett Honors College, and he holds a master's of science degree and a PhD in nutrition. He's completed postdoctoral continuing education at Harvard, Cornell, and Yale, and he sits on the board of directors for the American Holistic Health Association and several other prestigious organizations. He's an active member of many of those boards, and he's been the lead author on several scientific papers and peer-reviewed journals. What we have here between Jason and Mira is a powerhouse of information, and the reason we've got him on the show today is they just launched a new book that is absolutely worth reading. It's called Rich Food, Poor Food, and I highly recommend that you pick up a copy if you haven't already. You've also, if you're a longtime listener, heard Jason and Mira before when they talked about their last book called Naked Calories. So, guys, what are the new things about micronutrients or food in general that you've learned since our last podcast? Well, we wrote this second book because of the fact that everyone really loved the first book and it was very informative about why we're, you know, in this major pandemic of micronutrient deficiency around the globe. Nobody is getting enough micronutrients and that was the basic topic of naked calories. We also explained that people should be eating more micronutrient-rich foods, but that left people, like the readers would write us letters all the time saying, great, so you said grass-fed and you said you know, all these key terms that everyone talks about, wild fish. and But what else? Like, I'm still lost in the grocery store. So we decided to write this book, Rich Food, Poor Food, because people didn't know what to buy still. So we wanted to give people an actual guide to the grocery store that had never been written before, not one based on fat and, you know, salt and calories, because we don't count those things. We really wrote the book based on food quality. So you wrote a grocery store guide? Is that kind of the deal? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, so it's a, it's, it's a grocery store guide. We call it, you call it the grocery purchasing system or your GPS. So, <laughs> And she laughed. Tell me more. I'm actually excited because it turns out most people don't know how to shop at all. Right. Well, that's what, that's what we kind of figured out. You know, like Mira said, so many people were coming up and says, okay, so we know how to buy organic vegetables or we know how to buy grass fed meat, but what about rice? What about mac and cheese? What about chips? What about sodas? What about ice cream? What about all the things my family really buys and, and utilizes on a daily basis? And if not, if not their families, it's their parents or their friends who haven't maybe, you know, uh, up the food quality at, you know, at that point. So that's what we thought we'd do. I mean, the only thing out there in this, in this arena was eat this, not that. And like Mira said, that really focused on the calories, the sodium and the fat in food. And, you know, as we all know, I, you know, we're no, we're, we're, we're friends with fat. Calories don't really matter to us as long as we move around a lot. And as long as it's unrefined sodium, more the better. So, um, love it. Yeah. So we thought, well, this isn't really helping anybody. Let's talk about things that really matter. Let's talk about toxins and pesticides and GMOs and ingredients like, you know, that are in, that are, help things become fire retardant or bar, you know, banned in other countries or are found in our sneaker soles. So these are all (laughs) things that are found in our foods today. And we literally take it aisle by aisle and we explain everything you could possibly want to know about every section of the grocery store. And then we identify what we call rich food choices, um, which are the choices that we believe have left all these poor food ingredients out. And we kind of point out some of the worst offenders in every aisle. And then we, we give everybody a checklist, too, at the end. So even if, you know, your grocery store or supermarket doesn't carry the brands that we recommend, you know how to identify the ones that are there and, and you can make your own rich food choices. This is really in line with a lot of the the Bulletproof recommendations. And one thing that impressed me about your book is that the level of precision that's required here is is real. Like you can't just go and say, oh, it's gluten-free. It must be good for me because you'll probably get slapped upside the head nutritionally if you do that. So you went into a lot of detail, but you laid it out in the way that someone walks through the store. 
Yeah, we wanted to make it pretty much foolproof. <laughs> so basically, we start in dairy because usually when you go to the grocery store, we want you to shop the perimeter first. And everyone's heard that before. So, But we broke it down in a different way. We actually said, okay, first we're only going to tell you what you need to know about milk. And then we're going to show you that milk makes lots of other products. And we're going to bring that and we're going to keep building your, your, your knowledge that we give you step by step. So that once you learn these things, and people are so worried that it'll take them too long to learn it, but once you learn them, it's yours for life. And the great thing is you now know what milk you to buy, and then you know what yogurt to buy, and sour cream, and I mean, every single aisle, we found amazing things that we didn't even realize being nutritionists. We didn't even realize some of the things they were doing to the product. We never looked because we, you know, we had our favorite brands, but there's a lot of things going on in some of these brands that most people will never recognize, like sour cream. I mean, did you know that they whiten your sour cream? It I mean, is, who would think that it's a color? It's mostly not even sour cream anymore, right? No, it's never soured anymore. Very rarely. I mean, it's very, very rarely do they actually sour the cream. And we explain the correct process. We explain you how to find one of those, what our favorite brands are, and how to determine if the, the one that you're looking at is done the correct way. So what's your favorite brand of flame retardant corn chip? <laughs> well, flame retardant, we've been getting a lot of information on lately because we called out yeah. something called the band Bad Boys. And that's um that's BVO is the flame retardant, and that's really your Gatorades, your Mountain Dews, all those things. And we do want to say it's nice that Gatorade took BVO or brominated vegetable oil out of Mountain Dew, no, but in, Gatorade. out of Gatorade. But they still own Mountain Dew, same parent company. So it's a nice first step. But if you're going to admit you're wrong in one soda or sport drink, it, you know, take it out of everything and save anybody a lot of a lot of health problems. I'm reminded of that movie where we can say, but it has electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything we do, you know, our basic kind of our, our center spot really is the micronutrients, right? So you know that that's to us, you know, kind of the nutritional center point that we believe everybody should be learning about nutrition from. So those micronutrients are so important. And that's really what the title rich food, poor food means. We're not talking about expensive food or cheap food. We're talking about micronutrient rich food and micronutrient poor food. So, you know, we always start every aisle with looking for the most micronutrient rich foods um, or the most vitamin, mineral and essential fatty acid packed foods. But then we look, but then we put food quality on top of that. So, you know, I may have an apple in my hand and that's a real food and that's a, that's a, that's a micronutrient rich food, let's say compared to maybe like applesauce or something, a, a processed version of the apple. But we said, is it enough just to have, you know, a real apple or do we need now to apply food quality? You yes. know, we don't want that apple grown in soil that was, you know, laden with sewage sludge. We don't want a bunch of pesticides on that apple. The average apple has over 42 different pesticides sprayed on it. So, you know, just saying eat real food, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, you know, nutrition is so simple. Just eat real food. Well, an apple is a real food, but now you've got to take the next step and say, let's have the organic apple that's going to protect us from these environmental toxins and these pesticides. And, you know, and, and in, but in some cases, as we point out in Rich Food, Poor Food as well, there's other produce that you don't need to buy organically because they don't have a lot of those problems. And so, and we make sure we tell the readers when that, when, when those foods, uh, you know, where those foods are as well. You're talking about things like avocados where it's just Really save yes, exactly. avocados. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm saying there's a lot of different ways that people can save money, and that's one of them. If you really do learn, we actually created a list. We started with the EWG's uh, classic. Um, I think theirs was originally the terrible, terrible twenty. 20 and, yeah. or no, I forget whatever. Fifteen think, and dirty dozen. I that's think. what it was. We but, can't say that anymore because we actually updated that. We felt that it didn't really cover everything that needed to be covered. So we have the Fab 14 and the Terrible 20. And what we did is we took that original EWG, the list that they do of pesticide residue, but then we combined it with non-GMOs information. And we said, okay, it's not enough to just make sure it's not pesticide ridden. What about the fact that it's genetically modified? So we created our own that really is a lot more, we think, you know, a lot more foolproof for the shopper. Right. So right. Let, let's talk GMO for just a minute here. Now, I, I take a lot of hits. I, I tell people don't eat GMO food. And there's a pretty simple, I mean, there's actually a lot of science. A lot of that's in the Better Baby book too. Uh, but 
the simple thing is if you take a pile of GMO corn and a pile of non-GMO corn and you put them in front of an animal, the animal will naturally pick the non-GMO and they'll only eat the GMO if they're really hungry and they don't have any other choice. Like that should tell us something in and of itself. But I get a lot of crap from my listeners and my readers who say, you know, GMOs are, you know, there's no evidence they're bad, blah, blah, blah. Tell me with all the certifications and the experience you guys have, what is the reason GMOs are as bad as I think they are and as bad as they actually are? Well, okay. First of all, if animals won't eat them, we shouldn't. Uh, there's no good studies saying that they are safe for us. All of the studies that have been done with animals don't say anything favorable about them. So uh, female rats fed GMO soybeans give birth to stunted and sterile pups. Monarch butterflies and endangered species died by the thousands when milkweed was dusted with um, GMO corn pollen. Uh, red, uh, some rats that were fed GMO potatoes de developed liver atrophy, damaged hearts, compromised white blood cell function after only 10 days. And the only time that humans ever really got genetically modified amino acids, they couldn't, that was in Japan, and that was a protein shake. And what happened is they couldn't recall it fast enough. And what happened is it caused metabolic and mental damage to hundreds of men and, men and women in Japan and several deaths. But there was so, no extra charge, right? Exactly. You know, die for free. Here you go. See, I mean, and we're feeding it to ourselves every day. I mean, most countries have seen the light and are saying that this is not good for us and banning it. And this, in this country, we're actually trying more and more fruits and vegetables because we want to lower costs. Um, it, it's insane to us. Yeah, in the book, we've got a quote here from Canadian geneticist David Suzuki. He says, quote, anyone that says, oh, we know that it's, that GMOs are perfectly safe, I say is either un unbelievably stupid or deliberately lying. You know, <laughs> Great the fact is there's been no human studies. And why do we want to take the side of the GMO producers? Why do we want to say, yeah, but there's no evidence that it's bad for us? Just, you know, I think common sense and just basic logic dictates that when you're sitting there, you know, putting together genes that have, that nature would never and can never put together you know, and in, uh, in a normal situation, that it's just a matter of time until something happens that isn't going to be good for us. And, you know, these foods are, they're Franken foods. People, I know America invented the GMO, but if you look around the world at all the countries that have banned it, you know, it's basically just us and a few other countries that are still using these things. And nobody will even buy our food or our meat anymore because we're feeding it this. These GMOs. It's a sad so, state of affairs when when Russia turns down American meat because it's so polluted and it absolutely. exactly. And that's the thing is, what is the cost of food quality these days? What are we giving up? We're not just making it. You know, we're not just um, feeding people things that are cheap and bad for them and make causing the cause. You know, making them get sick and then it's more hospital, it's more cost in terms of pills and all that sort of stuff. But there's also the cost that we're losing in our economy by creating foods that no one can even take anymore. It's costing companies twice as much money because right now when they're making the junk food for here in America that has things like artificial colors, they have to make a whole other product for the UK for the same exact food because they will only buy it if they take out the artificial colors. So, I mean, it's really crazy. We're losing money for our businesses and we're losing health for the people. Right. Also, another thing too, Dave, I think a lot of people don't realize just how many of the foods they're eating are genetically modified. In the book, we go over the fact that GMOs are found in 80% of the packaged foods in the U.S. 93% of all soy is genetically modified. So for people who love the, that soy milk, you know, you think about that. 93% of cotton is genetically modified. 90% of canola oil is genetically modified. 86% of corn. And corn is made into everything from sweeteners to citric acid. 95% of sugar beets. Now, what in the world's a sugar beet? Most people think when they see sugar on the label uh, on, their, on their food, they think, oh, it's sugar, you know, like cane sugar. But it's not. 50% of the sugar now used in processed foods comes from sugar beets. This is a 95% of them are genetically modified. 80% of Hawaiian papayas are genetically modified, and over 25,000 acres of zucchini and crookneck squash are genetically modified in the U.S. So, does this mean that we need to worry about everyone's favorite nutrient dense foods, kale and chard, which are directly related to sugar beets? Well, you know, they're they're trying. I'm assuming that's going to be on on the list of a, a very short list that they're doing. We have in the book a list of all the ones that they're looking at, and yes, they are on there. Right. The GMO project says that they're not being genetically modified at this time, but they are on the watch list. 
Wow, it just makes me want to buy more Monsanto stock uh, so, I can, <laughs> so I can burn it. Thanks, guys. We appreciate what you're doing to the health of the nation. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, all right. So I was going to ask you about the three most hyped foods that end up not being healthy for you. GMOs must be one of those, or are there even worse hyped foods that we should talk about? Well, you know, hyped foods. Hyped food, things like um, non-fat foods. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Low-calorie Low foods. Low-calorie. You know, I, I would hug you guys if we were in the same room. Yes, <laughs> like those. Uh, what, what other ones are on your list that people think are healthy that aren't? Well, just even almost any food that says healthy on the front of the label. You know, one of the things that we teach people in this book right at the very beginning is we teach them how to read a food label. I know this is, you know, again, most people go to the grocery store about once a week, maybe more. And twice a week is the national average. Twice a week is the national <laughs> average. And we when we are never taught really how to shop. It's kind of just handed down from our parents, which, you know, oftentimes is a handful of coupons. Let's see what's on sale. You know, uh, you know, really no brand loyalty. It's just kind of like throw it into the basket and, and here we go. But you know, manufacturers spend millions of dollars to design the food label. And it's really a masterpiece when you think of it. The front of it is basically a billboard. Then they have their nutritional facts, which is, you know, we've all been kind of, you know, brainwashed to believe, you know, if you see low fat, you know, on the label, that's good. Or if you see low calorie or low sodium, look at these things, you know, which, you know, which we're all learning now has just been, you know, a big lie. And then they've got, you know, the last bastion of hope for health conscious shoppers. And that's the ingredient list. And this is where they have to list what they actually put in these things. And you wouldn't believe how many foods we see, you know, no sugar added. And then they've got an ingredient in there with a, with a ton of sugar in it. High fructose corn syrup. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they'll put in there like, you know, no sugar added. And then they add something like, you know, vanilla flavor or a caramel color or caramel flavoring. And then the ingredients of the caramel flavoring includes four different types of sugar. Yeah. Things like natural, for example, we call it one of the misleading misfits. Because you look at that and you think that it's a good thing, but just because something nat is natural, it just it can still be produced using hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, chemical fertilizers, genetic engineering, and sewage sludge. And let's face so, it, uh, snake venom is natural, but I don't really eat it very often. Exactly. Yeah, so it's poison. They, they create all these things, and, and people look at the labels, and it's just so sad that they, they're allowed to use these words on there that mean absolutely nothing. And it's so confusing because cage-free means something for the chicken, but it means nothing for the egg. I mean, they, they mean different things, even though it's really the same product. So they do this, obviously, to confuse us. And uh, it's been working for a really long time, and we're hoping that this book changes that. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's really good, the work you've done in the book, to help people understand what's going on. But there's a little bit more kind of evil stuff going on there, like we all share a, a desire to eat grass-fed milk and grass-fed meat. And I think most of the listeners of the podcast have been trained to understand how important that is. But right now, there's a concerted effort to make it illegal to use the term grass-fed. Like, I'm about to order new labels for my upgraded whey that comes from grass-fed cows, and I'm going to have to not say grass-fed because they're going to go after people who say grass-fed instead of supposed to say pastured, which waters it down because you can pasture an animal while feeding it corn and soy and a bunch of other crap and still say it's pastured. This is done at a regulatory level as well as at the marketing level. Right. And it has to be, someone has to basically come up with a, a way across the board to label these things. And I understand that. So we understand that they're trying to come up with a word that means something, but they're the wrong people to be deciding this because I don't think that they have an idea of what's good or bad. So by, by creating these, these terms that are going to mean something to some people, it's still letting in so many of the bad things into your food supply. And that's because they're doing it because they probably want to let the bad things into your food supply without you knowing it. I mean, it's a very sad truth that they don't always have our best interest at heart. <laughs> um, not unless you run a food company, that's for sure. Yeah, but you know what I have to say? We dedicated this book to the men and women who own these small companies or even the large companies that we highlight as rich foods who are doing things right. They're like our unsung heroes. And we have to remember that when we pay for things at the grocery store, this is how we're voting. This is how we're keeping the right things in the market. And this is how we're keeping getting, trying to get things off the shelves. And so for us, I mean, it's, you can say that, uh, you know, there are some great manufacturers out there. We now know so many of them personally. And believe me, they are working so, so hard at trying to do the right thing. And, and, and they go up against so many roadblocks. It, it's, a, it's a fair point. The smaller guys 
usually are working really hard and then they create a successful brand and then the successful brand gets acquired by a large brand and all of a sudden Coke now owns what used to be you know a pasteurized vegetable or an unpasteurized raw vegetable juice company so there's this slow co-opting of the brands that you come to know and trust which is why you have to be constantly vigilant and the core knowledge you have in the book about how to read a nutrition label is something that you always have to do because unless you follow the industry news, you're not going to know that you know your favorite manufacturer of gluten-free stuff just got bought by a big company who put GMO cornstarch in it when it didn't used to be there. If you start right. getting a rash, you're never going to know if you don't always read the label. Right. Exactly. So we know that we're going to have a lot of rewrites on this because we figure hopefully a lot of the people who we hit really hard, and we do, we slam companies pretty hard Good. for some of the things in it. Um, we actually found some of them to be our favorite things to write. Yeah. And, and we'll put out there, Lily, um, we are not slamming the manufacturers. We're slamming the ingredients in the products. <laughs> uh, it was nice of you to slam the ingredients and, and that, the poor people, people who accidentally used them, right? Exactly. That's our public service <laughs> announcement. It is the ingredients that we dislike. But um, we do. We highlight just as much as we highlight the good guys. We tell you we pick the worst ones in every category and show you just how far down that horrible hole they, they've fallen. Uh, and I I'm Quite really a, a fan of, of what you guys did in this book, and it goes very nicely with, you know, if you're on a paleo diet, then you can take the knowledge in the book and go be a better paleo shopper. If you're doing the Bulletproof diet, you can do it. And even if you're like a vegan, um, you Excellent. can, you're probably going to miss out on some micronutrients there, but you can still take the core knowledge there and, you know, you can have vegan genetically modified soy milk with all sorts of nasty stuff in it, or you can probably go find a better choice using the kind of information that you're going to find in your book and not in a lot of other places. Right. Well, you know, in Naked Calories, we talk about something called a nutrivore, and that's really, again, still kind of our baseline of, as to how we think that people should be first thinking about their diet. And, you know, while we follow, uh, you know, our own dietary philosophy and that we've come to believe in over the years based on, you know, decades of research. Um, we respect other people for being able to choose their own way of, of, of eating. But if they look at the micronutrient contents of food first and really, you know, even if they are vegan or vegetarian or low fat dieters, if they pick the most micronutrient rich food choices within that profile as possible and up their food quality and really look at the ingredients that they're eating, it, you know, what, no matter what you say about the diet, their overall health is going to be improved by following the recommendations that we use in this book and that we give them. Um, so, and the another thing about vegan, it was really kind of funny, you know, because we called a couple, we have a couple companies in the book that were vegan. For instance, I mean, you know, sprout, sprouted nuts and seeds. You know, there's a lot of paleos and low carbers out there who, you know, love to eat nuts and seeds, but they hadn't heard the first thing about making sure that you sprout them or eating them raw first. So these vegan companies, they're, they've been doing it right for years. Yes. So, you know, for the, for food products like that, it's, it's a great way that the two can come together and say, hey, you know, we may not believe, you know, you know, come together on our core dietary philosophies. But based on the Nutrivore philosophy, we want to eat the most micronutrient rich foods with the least amount of anti-nutrients you know, like oxalic acid and phytic acid and without all the junk in them. So, again, we're trying to find that common ground in nutrition amongst people to say, you know what, let's just try to work together to create the healthiest foods possible and we'll leave, you know, you know, dietary philosophy for another conversation. It makes it makes great sense. And you're totally right. The people who care most about food quality generally are ones who are on specific diets, including vegans. Like I'll go to a vegan restaurant before I'll go to, you know, uh, well, actually, I just don't go to fast food restaurants, but even before I'll go to a big chain. <laughs> Uh, like uh, like a, che a Chevy's or Chili's or Denny's or something like that. I, I generally won't eat at those places, but I right. won't go to a vegan place even though I'm not a vegan because I know that they paid attention to their food quality. That's what matters most. And so philosophically, the alignment is closer than you might think, just like you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. And our whole goal is to try to get people to request these foods from their grocery stores. We want people to have the, to empower the consumer to say, you know, I don't have to buy what's on the shelf. Because I know Jason and I have gone into the store numerous times and said, will you please get this for us? And if we bug them enough, they do end up getting it for us. So we created something called a Rich Food Resource Center on our website, which will launch on February 26th. And basically that has, one of the things it has, it's 
tons of stuff in it. But one of the things it has is a rich food request list. So every single rich food that's on our list, we actually cut this, uh, the CPU codes. The UPC. Sorry, the UPC codes. We got the UPC codes from every single product that we highlight. And we created this form that you can circle what you want and bring it into the grocery store. And if the vegans, the vegetarians, the paleo, the primal, low carb, if all those groups can come together and all be requesting good foods, then we can make a difference in terms of what the grocery stores will purchase. I absolutely love what you're doing there, but I have a concern. Okay. Now, <laughs> if you succeed in your mission, are the grocery stores just going to move the cereal to the outside aisles of the store? <laughs> 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 well, I'm sorry, but I, I think there's a product that you might know something about that's actually highlighted in the book. Mm -hmm. I believe in our coffee section, there's something that, what would that be? I think I was bull, it bull, bullet, bull, yeah. Bulletproof coffee? That's it. <laughs> we actually chose your coffee as one of the rich food coffees because it really filled a niche that we felt that they, would, they didn't have in the stores. I've been working on getting it into a few grocery stores and... Well, this could help, the little sheet that we have. <laughs> I totally appreciate that. I, I wanted to ask you about, I don't know if you came across this in your research, but the industry markups in food distribution to grocery stores, have, have you come across like what the financial margins look like? I, I've learned a lot in the last year on that. It's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, a small, a, this is why small companies can't get in, because we just don't have the leeway with our costing. We can't do it. We don't have the room to do that. It would make the, our products exorbitant. It's nuts. Like I, I invest enormously in the beans and the process to make the beans and the top ranked roaster makes upgraded coffee beans. So, and, oh, and by the way, I, I pay out of pocket thousands of dollars to test them for histamine and mycotoxins and anti-nutrients. And it's the cleanest coffee you can buy. So it costs two bucks a bag more than Starbucks coffee. Like it's not ridiculously priced. But when I go to a grocery store, Basically, they want me to go through a distributor. So you go right. to a distributor and they want to mark it up. So they want me to sell it to them for, you know, two bucks and then they're going to sell it to the grocery store for four bucks and the grocery store is going to sell it for eight bucks, maybe right. six bucks. And what that means is that if you go to that grocery store and you, you buy, you're basically giving most of the money to the grocery store and the distributors and very little to the manufacturer. But if you go to the farmer's market, and you buy, almost all the money goes to the people who made the food so they're able to invest in high quality. When you buy, like, like for me, you buy upgraded coffee direct from the site, all the money goes into the coffee. I probably make less per bag than Starbucks makes per bag with their lower priced but lower quality coffee. So it's, no, it's a very course. complex economic way of voting, but like buy as close as you can to the source and the world will thank you. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely handpicked every single rich food out there because we, I mean, first of all, we've tasted everything in the book. So you can be sure that they taste good, first of all. But it's also a lot about, you know, how is it manufactured? Where's where is the actual product coming from before it's processed? What kind of water do they use? Is it, you know, and then the filtered, non-filtered? Just all this stuff that people don't think about in terms of making a product a lot of time. You guys are and, so bulletproof. I, I, I just love the way you think. It's perfect. Well, <laughs> we, we have another thing that we're going to be doing blogs about. We gave, um, I don't know if you've ever seen St. James Lipton do his little quizzes on PBS, but I love him. He interviews the celebrities, gives them 10 questions. So we created a thing similar to this that we gave each of the manufacturers. And I don't think you've done yours yet. No, <laughs> I'm all over it's, it. It's interesting questions because we want to know what makes them tick. Why do you spend so much of your time and energy making this product? Is there a story behind it? What's your love? What's your hate about the business? And we think that that's if you can get to know why your producers are doing it, and see how much they're actually invested in this. I think it's really interesting for the consumers to know. Yeah. I mean, just so you know, too, you're on page 254 of the book. <laughs> so if your listeners want to find you there, you're there. Yeah, and you're, then, you know, that everyone buy the book and go to page 254. 254. <laughs> now, another thing we don't think about oftentimes in the grocery store, we're so busy looking at the ingredient list, we don't think about the packaging the foods come in. I know one of the big things you do with your Bulletproof Coffee is make sure that it's BPA-free packaging. Yes. But BPA is all over the grocery store. Yeah. You know, it's found in most of the canned foods and the in the plastic containers and bottles and packages. And so, you know, again, we're, it's just another thing that we point out to people 
you know, with rich food, poor food in every aisle of the store. And we made sure that all of our choices were BPA free um, in all, you know, for all of our selections. Yeah, because sometimes I'm online and, you know, and I do, I surf around in the different paleo rooms on, on the Facebook, uh, I'm guilty. And um, a lot of times people are constantly asking me because they just don't, they don't know what brands, they don't know what brands are doing it mm-hmm. right. And it's really confusing because most of the cans, like especially of tuna and of coconut oil and a lot of those things, they don't label if they're BPA-free and you just don't know. So um, yeah. every single can is BPA-free and we did a lot of research calling everybody to find out. Yeah, That was one of the things that just blew me away. I, I have constant discussions on the Bulletproof Forum about, like you said, coconut milk. Like coconut <laughs> milk is an ideal convenience food. It's canned, it lasts forever, it survives through earthquakes. And the problem is, if it's full of a toxin that slows your liver down, like, <laughs> damn, then it's not a convenience food or a good earthquake survival food. And like you said, you have to call the manufacturers. So you guys did all that work, and you've got this information in your book, which means you can make the optimal choice. And honestly, it doesn't likely cost any difference for you to go to the grocery store and vote you know, with your dollar and 50 cents to buy one brand of coconut milk versus another. Or maybe you'll spend two cents more, but if you do, you'll actually get it back in your health. But see, here's the kicker. You're not going to spend more because the other thing we did when we were on the phone with the manufacturers, because we're really annoying to them and they love us, what we did is we said, look, your products are more expensive and money's tight. So you have to give us a coupon. And they said, well, we don't do coupons. And I said, well, let's, let's try to figure out how we can make this work for you guys and us and the reader. And what we did is in the resource center online, we have an entire coupon section. They actually came to the table and gave us coupons for discounts, and you guys did too, along with all, um, I would say about 50% to 75% of all the rich foods that we chose actually came forward and offered coupons. So those are all in the resource center launching on February 26th. So for example, the natural value organic coconut milk, BPA free, sweetener free, thickener free, which a lot of them still have like, you know, carrageenan or guar gum or one of those things. So it's a perfect coconut milk, and it's a perfect coconut milk to put for, you know, in case of a rainy day or, or a, some it's sort like, of, yeah. And then we have a coupon for it online. So it's so incredibly cool. Now, yeah, if again, people- this is something This is something that, that again, the eat this, not that, that was in the space before. They never did this. They never looked really at food quality the way that we looked at it. They never came up with the request list so that we could actually, you know, create a grass you know, Pressure. roots movement where we can, we, the people do not have to wait around for the government to label our foods or tell us what's right or wrong. You know what? We can determine that for ourselves and we can request the foods that we want in the grocery store. And maybe right away with five or six people, you're not going to see that brand there. But pretty soon with five to 600 or five to 6,000 people requesting these foods, the grocery stores are going to get a very clear and very defined message of what people want. You know, I think it's really important that people understand that. And so, with the, with the coupons, I think it's just another thing, you know, like Mira said, money is so tight and these manufacturers are willing to give the coupons if the people want them. And, you know, so far in all the newspapers and magazines, what do we get coupons for? You know, the ice cream, the cookies, the chips, the things that we shouldn't be eating in the first place. So this was a really big, kind of this is a labor of love for us. We didn't get 100% of the companies to do it, but we'll continue to add new coupons to the resource center, you know, every month as well. So are you going to sort of be like Tim Ferriss? When he published his first book, he actually put the rejection letters in the book he got from publishers who said no. Are you going to tell us which companies (laughs) wouldn't give you a coupon? Well, it's really obvious because in the book, there's a little circle that says coupon clipper (laughs) next to all the ones that did say yes. Uh, Got it. So you did identify the ones who were unwilling to share. Yeah, and the thing is, we have already since they since this has come out, we already do have some more yeses. So don't be mad at the ones who didn't. Some of them just weren't set up. They're small companies. They weren't set up for coupons yet. Some of the ones so that's already in here. What we're going to do is we're going to blog moving forward on which ones are now coming to the plate uh, because some of the other ones have done that now too. That's wonderful, and I would encourage any of them who are listening to this. You know, this is a great way to pull. The community together, you'll probably increase your sales. I, I looked at it for about five seconds and said, "Of course, we'll do a coupon." Yeah. So you know, buy buy the book, get the coupon, uh, and you know, get more upgraded coffee. Uh, it, it's just a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we did another cool thing in the book. I'll tell you in the, in the research center. I love it. We made shopping totes because a we don't want to be using plastic, um, but we made the ones that are that look like the book. They're rich food. Uh, they're rich food shopping totes, and they've got all the rules on the sides. 
So it tells you which fruits and vegetables you have to buy organic. Uh, tells you the fat 14, the terrible 20. It tells you a whole list of ingredients you never want to see on the side. It's got a lot of really cool tools. And um, we're giving them away for just shipping and handling on the website because we think that, you know, it gets the word out that there's better products out there. And um, they're really cool looking, actually. <laughs> That's way cool. So you, you get more people to know about your book. And you share the knowledge. And uh, I, I mean, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and these are the kind of rules that I'll be teaching them. And right now, though, they they don't really go to the store except every now and then in winter. Uh, but all summer long, it's like let's wake up Saturday morning and get to the farmers market early to get the good stuff. And going to the store is sort of like a very small amount of the time. But when we lived in a in a larger city, it was you know you go to the store two times a week, and the kids always come. But they they don't know this. And even if they can't read labels yet, you can still follow the rules that are there and they can learn, you know, shop at the edges and you know, buy your high nutrient foods. And when they learn that early, it, it's kind of amazing because they just don't want to eat the crap food. They just look at it and say, we don't eat that. And there's no yeah. whining and screaming. It's just like, that's, that's not okay for me. And I know that if I did eat that, I probably wouldn't be so happy. Yeah. One time when we went to the farmer's market though, and I'll share this, sometimes the farmer's market, you still have to ask a lot of questions. Oh Yeah. For instance, I mean, you know, we went and we went to, and we actually were at the farm this day, and they had these gorgeous zucchini. And I said, what kind of seed do you use? And they said, zucchini seeds. <laughs> and um, that wasn't quite enough information. So we did try and try to get more information from them. And frankly, they couldn't answer any of the questions. They didn't know if it was genetically modified. So... Um, it's still all the information in here, especially about the dairy as well, homogenization, pasteurization, a lot of that stuff holds true, even when you're going to the farmer's market. So uh, we tell you that it's a good place to go. We love our farmer's market, but you still have to ask a lot of the tough questions. Especially yeah. on the, the manufactured items, they're you know, small scale, people make their own sausage or uh, salsa. I find MSG and margarine, all kinds of weird stuff sometimes because, you know, it's a traditional recipe that people have been using. So, yeah, you just always need to be aware. And if it's not labeled, if you don't ask, you won't know. Yeah, that's right. So there, there's a, another question and that's been kind of weighing on me. You two are the gurus of micronutrients. Now, we know that there are lots of micronutrient deficiencies in developing countries. You know, for, they're kind of common, you know, things that affect eye development and skeletal formation and all. But what about developed nations like the U.S. and Canada and Europe and all? Uh, what are the top micronutrient deficiencies that you come across? Well, the sad thing is the ones that we thought were gone, the really early ones that were discovered are coming back. For instance, rickets is yep. now coming back in the <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm sorry, that, that's an easy one. It, it's vitamin D, people. That's one of those things that we're amazed at in, in Scotland, Ireland, and uh, UK. You're, you're seeing rickets popping up again. It's our belief that everything has its foundation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, for the individual diseases, scurvy, you know, uh, rickets, these type of things, individual micronutrient deficiencies that we've all heard of. And we think, well, you know, here in America, we're kind of lucky because we don't have any of these things because everybody's got plenty to eat. So there's no micronutrient deficiencies or very few. I've heard a little bit, maybe I might be deficient in vitamin D and maybe some anemia, maybe vitamin E deficiency or iron deficiency or what have you, copper deficiencies. But for the most part, we're okay, right? wrong. I mean, we're talking about micronutrient deficiency pandemic across the country. I mean, across the world. I mean, this is what Naked Calories was all about. We say that micronutrient deficiency is the most widespread and dangerous health condition of the 21st century because everybody's walking around with it and most people have no idea that they have it, right? So Mira's osteoporosis or advanced osteoporosis at age 30 didn't come from a bacteria or a viral infection. It came from a micronutrient deficiency, in her case, a big grouping of micronutrients nutrients, you know, vitamin, um, calcium, magnesium, K2, boron, all the things that grow, that build her bones, vitamin D. Uh, you know, the DASH diet proved once and for all hypertension is just a micronutrient deficiency, calcium, <laughs> yeah. magnesium, and potassium. You know, I think they've proven again and again and again, cancer, you know, is, is, is many forms of cancer come from vitamin D deficiencies along with others, heart disease, CoQ10 deficiencies, and certain B vitamin deficiencies. You name a, a disease, you know, <laughs> spina bifida, folic acid deficiency, or folate deficiency, you name a disease, I'll tell you the micronutrients that's deficient. 
Name that disease. <laughs> okay. So how about Monsantoism? <laughs> um, you know, they're just icing brain, on the cake. That's brain power. Some stupidity <laughs> came out without. Yeah, they, they must have had a brain defect. <laughs> it was probably prenatal, and uh, yeah. we'll have compassion for them. <laughs> so we're very passionate about that. And that's something, you know, that we hope people will still remember and they'll still read Naked Calories and get an idea. We started in that order because we want people to first understand the problem, you know, and we don't, we're not coming out with fear and we don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, you know, we're all going to die. But we have to understand the condition we're all suffering from if we ultimately all want to prevent and reverse those conditions. You know, I can sit here and say, you know, oh no, we're all fine. But at the end of the day, you know, you were still going to have those migraine headaches and we're still going to get osteoporosis and we're still going to be having, you know, people are going to be in cancer and we're going to have spina bifida and we're going to have, you know, all, you know, low IQs in children. And, and we're going to have un unhealthy babies. We're going to have unhealthy babies. And don't forget that, you know, too much omega-6 causes a huge inflammation process in the body. That's a micronutrient too. So we have a huge micro omega-3 deficiency in this country because we're just eating way too many omega-6s. So if we don't know that that's the problem, then we don't know how to fix it. Rich food, poor food shows us how to eat foods that are high in micronutrients because we're food first people. But there's a lot more to solving that equation as well. You know, we have to look at everyday micronutrient depleters. And of course, as hopefully everybody knows, we're big believers in proper supplementation. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that that week of February 26, when you have your big website launch and all, uh, and we have the Better Baby book uh, relaunch, that when you go to Amazon and you say, people bought this book with this book, that we're going to see a lot of the same people uh, interested in these. Because, you know, if, if you're interested in general health and wellness and being more bulletproof and just kicking ass, going for rich food, poor food is an awesome, awesome book. And then pairing it with Naked Calories makes great sense. If you want to layer on top of that, what do you do before and during pregnancy to optimize these things when they have the biggest impact on you know, the whole human lifespan? That would be the Better Baby book. But we're so in alignment. I just love talking with you guys because you know you get it and you think about it at the level of detail that, that people really need to understand in order to be the highest functioning people they can be. Well, yeah. thank you. We're thank, thank you. And I want to say something too about the Better Baby book. You know, I've read through this book. I've looked at your your micronutrient recommendations. I've looked at what you said about the BPA and the toxins and and all the different things that you've talked about. And you know, I really think that you know, obviously, you know, anybody listening should really be taking a look at this book. You know, I I, I can't say enough good things about it. Oh, well, th thanks. I appreciate that, especially coming you know, from someone who's got so many awesome credentials. You know, you've you've studied this for twenty years. If I, if I was going to have a baby, which I'm not, I would be done but I know a few girls that I'm going to be getting this to immediately. And hopefully, if they won't listen to me, they'll, they'll read the book and they'll listen to you. <laughs> I, I sure hope so. You know, the, the goal in that book is you know, for there to be 10,000 less kids with autism and birth defects uh, a year after it's published. So I'm, I'm hoping that it achieves that goal. Oh, that's, that's a great. fantastic goal. Now, we, we, we're kind of coming to the close of the podcast. And last time I asked you a question that I'm going to ask you again, and it's the one that ends every podcast. And it's what are your top three recommendations for people who want to be as powerful and high performance as they can be in all aspects of their life? So you, you come out with a new book, you have new recommendations. What are the top three things I need to think about? They have to be related to the book? Nope. They, can <laughs> okay. be from, you know, they, they could be, you know, don't step in gum if that's what's important to you. Anything <laughs> from anywhere. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to do it? You go first. Oh, top three recommendations for someone who wants to be bulletproof. Goodness. I would say um, be true to who you are. Learn who you are. And that's all in the same thing. Basically, know yourself and, you know, be as dynamic a person as you can be in those traits that you have. I think a lot of people sort of fall short in that arena. Um, obviously, I think, you know, you are what you eat and you better hell know what you're eating. So I think this is a good book in terms of um, helping you to actually know what you want to eat. And what you want to be and how you want to feel. And then find someone to love. And I'll leave it at that because we're close to Valentine's Day. <laughs> awesome. Wow. That's a hard that's that's hard to follow. You know, obviously mine first has to be, you know, micronutrients. You know, become micronutrient sufficient. If you don't know what that means, or if you don't know if you are sufficient, you're probably not. And so look at that first. Something I think that a lot of people don't think about you know, when they want to just become 
badass and bulletproof is we have to, you know, travel, you know, travel a little bit. I think it will help to expand your horizons and really give you a different point of view on things. Sometimes we get so pigeonholed here in America that, you know, you, you know, get outside and travel to India, go to Papua New Guinea, look around a little bit. And I think you'll, you'll see things in, in a different perspective. And yeah, I have to agree with Mira. You know, Yay. I have to say that, you know, a great relationship is probably the, the best the best gift you can give yourself in this life. It de-stresses you and it just, you know, it makes just about everything a little bit better. Yep. Well, it, it, so your your next book will be, you know, Rich Relationship, Poor Relationship? <laughs> <laughs> no. You guys are set up for that. I like it. There is a next book and it's coming out a year a year later, but we'll probably wait and talk to you about that one next. All right. I'll be sure to have you on the show for that. Now, tell <laughs> people where they can learn more about you and your current new book. Well, people can come onto the website, Colton, that's C-A-L-T-O-N, nutrition.com. Um, they can come on there. With the, it's, it's, a, you know, it's an expansive website, so take some time to look around. We've got a discovery center. We have a rich food resource center. You know, we've got our blogs there. They can learn about all of our books. Uh, they can learn about nutrients as well, which is our vitamin product. Um, and they can watch all of our media on there too. We've got lots of articles coming out in Cosmo and Shape and Live Strong, and we do a lot of television. So and podcasts, and people can listen uh, there for free on the website. Great. And they can buy the book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble on, online, and um, they can get it at the local bookstores. Mira, Jason, thanks for a wonderful visit on the show again, and I hope to have you on soon. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. A Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.